0: The other thing that we know from research is that when people write down their aspirations, just by writing it down, they're 42% more likely to make it happen. But then the next piece is that by telling someone that you're going to do something, you're actually twice as likely to make it happen. And I think part of that is because um, the person that you tell has the potential to help you, to support you, to hold you accountable. And so, you know, for that reason, this notion of throwing your hat over the wall, it always involves telling someone, which really helps us sort of just double down on, on the things that, you know, we really want to make happen. So that's another, you know, when sometimes people say, where do I start? I, I say, start there. Start there. What would you love to make happen? Where could you throw your hat over the wall? And, and this is an annual exercise. You know, people do this every, every year.
1: Hey friends, welcome to The Good Life with Michelle Lamoureux, a show for women in midlife who want to live happier, healthier, and more meaningful lives. I'm your host, Michelle Lamoureux, a self-love coach and the author of Design a Life You Love, and together we're going to be doing just that. Each week I bring on world-class experts, best-selling authors, leading entrepreneurs, and also do solo casts with the intention of inviting you to get connected to what you really desire from your life. This show is produced with love every week. There's inspiration and actionable tips in every episode because I want to see women playing a starring role in their lives instead of living on the sidelines. Be sure to join the Good Life Community Newsletter over at thegoodlifecoach.com for more inspiration and tips to live your best midlife. And make sure you're following the show on your favorite podcast player. I'm so glad that you're here. Hey friends, welcome back. It's Michelle Lamoureux, and today we're going to talk about how to create the life you want in just one year. Joining us is Wendy Leshgold, who's the president and co-founder of the Fast Forward Group, a professional development and executive coaching company. Wendy spent more than a decade in advertising, leading teams at Ogilvy & Mather, BBDO, and Deutsch, and working with brands including Apple, Kodak, and IBM. She experienced firsthand the challenges people face in high-pressure corporate environments. Feeling compelled to help, she launched a successful executive coaching practice. A decade later, she joined forces with her childhood friend, Lisa McCarthy, who shared her vision. She's the co-author of Fast Forward, Five Power Principles to Create the Life You Want in Just One Year. Welcome, Wendy.
0: Thank you so much, Michelle. Great to be here with you
1: today. Yeah, I'm excited. We were talking before the mics went on just about how excited I am about this topic because on my show, I've covered 10-year plans. It seems like a lot of my guests are really jazzed up about this idea of having a longer-term vision, including a doctor who is 102 years old sharing her life vision for 10 years out. And I was thinking that one of the things that I was thinking about recently and like kind of struggling with was like, wait, what about the short term? How do I get to those shorter term goals? And then I found your book and I was like, oh, wait, this is awesome. So now we can dive in because I think it's important to be long-term visioning and short-term.
0: Right. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. We were very thoughtful about the timeframe of a year Uh, Because it's a completely different type of vision that you get when you're looking out a year versus when you're looking out five or 10 years, because you can be so much more specific and so much more vivid in how you describe it.
1: Completely. And I am excited to get some of the tactical advice you can give us, because I think a lot of women are going to want to play with this and figure out how they can design their own um, success, successful year as they define it. Um, but I thought it was fun how you teamed up with a childhood friend who I believe, if I read in your book, you met at camp, like sleep away camp. How yeah. did that sleep come about? Oh.
0: Sleep away camp has changed my life in so many ways, but I think that is the most dramatic way is meeting Lisa. Um, and when we were 10, we met in camp, we became very you know, close friends always were. And then when we were in our twenties, we always talked and dreamed about one day maybe starting a business together. But at that time in our 20s, we did not know what that was going to look like. And we both sort of went on our parallel track, building our careers, building our families, and then came back together 11 years ago and really saw an opportunity to do something that was really meaningful. And um, and that is when we decided to start the Fast Forward Group. We both had you know, spent a lot of time in the corporate spaces. She was in in worked at big media companies. I was in big advertising agencies, and um, and coaching with lots of executives from companies around the world. And we saw firsthand what people were challenged by. We saw that people felt like you just have to put your life on hold in order to achieve success. Like if you're going to climb the ladder, if you're going to make it, you know, achieve your aspirations and dreams. You you can't do everything. You can't, you know, have, you know, all the other stuff in your life. And I think a lot of people just felt like that's just what it takes to yeah. be successful. And we felt like there was another way and we joined forces and and put our heads together and launched Fast Forward.
1: I love it. And you yeah. guys have coached over hundred thousand people. Yeah. Like that. Uh, so I'm really impressed by that. I mean, I remember one of the things that I thought about through even my coach training, was that like the majority of the coaches coming out aren't actually going to make a, a living coaching. Yeah. And you guys have more than done
0: that. Can you yeah. tell
1: us just a little bit? I'd, I'm just curious about you and your sort of yeah. trajectory. Yeah, no, of for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for
0: sure. So, um, you know, I, I had my own coaching practice before Lisa and I started the business and you know, I loved it. I loved being able to drive impact with individuals and help them to, you know, achieve their potential in life. But I I came to a crossroads um, in about late 2012 and said to myself, okay, this is great, but there's got to be a way to give people the same tools, the same system, but to yeah. scale and, yeah. and be able to give this to more people at a time. And so that's, that's really what Fast Forward enabled us to do. So we came up with this approach that was deeply transformative, but also very simple and very actionable and very easy to be able to deliver to multiple, you know, many people at a time. And that is why we've been able to work with so many people and, and, you know, people have sort of adopted this system and it really, I mean, the results have been nothing short of inspirational and it's been global. Right. So it's not just, oh, this is really great for people in the United States or this is really great for people in Europe. Really, the results have been you know, quite universal over time. And we've been blessed to have started with some really big, high profile clients. Yeah. Who have adopted this approach. And, um, and then we've sort of scaled from there. And, and, and the first client and this was, you know, remembering back in 2012, 2013 was Facebook. And, and they were, you know, experiencing like rapid growth, rapid change. And they had all these people so excited to be working at Facebook. But the leader who hired us said, you know, I- I'm just afraid people are going to like not be able to keep up the pace. Like it's just, yeah. you know, intense. And, um, and she felt like we really need this program that you guys have and that you're building. And so we came in and did that program with executives from around the world at Facebook, many thousands of them. And you know, the rest has been history, really. That's
1: amazing. I think that's amazing. And did you primarily work with like the C-suite or was it accessible? Because you said executives. I mean, was it their leaders to then bring it to their teams or you, you yeah. work directly with the teams? Too? You know, when we
0: first started, we were working with whole teams. So it was everyone from the leader of the team to the middle. Tier of people of the team to the you know people who were just sort of at the you know beginning part of their j- career journey. Yeah, and it was all of them, and and even to this day, we work with many many different levels. Actually, we you know we love working with C-suite because they can drive change throughout an organization. But you know, as many of us know, and especially women, when you're in the middle of your career, is when many people are experiencing the most challenge because you're stretched so thin and trying to you know make it and And I think our program, like that's a sweet spot for us.
1: I love that. And there were a lot of case studies, obviously, that showed people who were not at the C-suite. But I was just curious, like, you yeah. know, if you started there or so it was always for yeah. everyone.
0: Yeah. yeah, always for everyone, <laughs>
1: yeah, but it does need to come top down, right? Because they're going to drive the culture,
0: yeah. I mean, I think in a perfect world, if you're working with an organization, you start at the top and yes. it's the way, you know through the organization. But you know what, if we have a company come to us and say, the top people aren't ready yet. You know, they're not like, they they want this for others. We will start there and, yeah. you know, and try to sort of go outwards from, from the center. And, and that's fine. That works too.
1: Sure, because they have yeah. happier employees who feel yeah. on track and like yeah. with purpose and they know yeah. where they're going. Um, so there's so many things that I want to cover. <laughs> I guess I'm curious though, when you do the program, do you pick like, one area of like, let's say, cause you said, you know, it's hard to balance times. Like we're all in on the work, let's say, and everything else is like yeah. totally neglected. Yeah, yeah. Can the year vision include multiple goals or is it better to like laser focus?
0: Yeah. So when, when we think about this notion of writing a vision, we ask people to zoom out into the future year And imagine what their whole life could look like in a year. Mm -hmm. And the exercise that we have people do encompasses seven questions. And the questions are, they really range from the specifically professional to questions about personal, you know, specific personal outcomes that you want to produce in your life, which by the way, most people put so much more rigor around planning and outcome and goal setting for their work life than they do for their personal life. I mean, for most totally. people, it's like, okay, I have this full <laughs> plan for my career or my work, and then I'm just hoping for the best when it comes to the personal. So for, for many people, just putting intention around personal outcomes is game changing because yeah. things, I mean, even things as, as simple as, you know, um, scheduling doctor appointments and, you know, going to, um, uh, having dinner with your family, uh, or taking vacations, uh, things like that. So it's, it's that, it, that is, has been so transformative for so many people. And then the other piece is the things that supersede both work or personal. So we ask the question in the exercise, yeah. what are you known for? And mm. that's such a um, provocative question, because most of the time we are not thinking about what we'd love to be known for. Yeah, uh, people in our lives that we care about by communities in our life that we care about. We're just kind of showing up how we show up and then just hoping it all works out. Yeah. But this exercise really gives us this, you know, really, you know, I think meaningful opportunity to be thoughtful about how we want to show up, even if it's different than how we're showing up today. Right. Cause yeah. you know, many of us, we're going around telling people how busy we are. right? Yeah. We're, we're going around our lives saying, Oh, I'm exhausted. I'm so stressed out. I'm so busy. And if that's what you're telling people, guess what? That's, <laughs> that's how they're going to know you. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just in most for most of us, it's really not how we'd want to be known. And so being intentional about how you want to be known professionally, personally, to your children, to your employees, to your manager, to a client, um, forces us to slow down and really think about how we're showing up every day. Yeah. Um, and that 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 can be very powerful as well.
1: Yeah. And I think you need to be committed and want to make the change because yeah. with awareness it's actually hard to go back. Yeah. Right? And then it empowers you to take take the action that you need totally. to take. But without the awareness, like you said, I yeah. think was at least in the book who was the team was all like too busy, doesn't have enough time for me and it was like, "Oh wait, if this is the consistent feedback, let's pull back and do things different." And that's exactly what she did, right? That's exactly
0: right. It's sort of like sometimes you just need to kind of come face to face with, well, you know, what's the gap between how I'm showing up today and how I want it to look in the future? And and yeah, then you can then you can start taking action. And, you know, people sometimes say, like, well, gosh, how do I start taking action? Like, how does that happen? And what we always tell people, and this is so simple, but yet so transformative, is that it starts in language because language Creates reality, right? Like what we say determines what we'll do and how we feel about it, and you know, and and the whole path forward. So if you're if you're going around telling people, you know, I'm really busy, or I'm really tired, or I'm really stressed, or using language like that, the first thing you could do is start using different language Mm. when you're talking about yourself to other people. You know, and I know sometimes it's habitual, but you know, when I did this exercise years ago. I started telling people when they would say to me, like, hey, Wendy, how are you doing? Instead of telling them, oh, yeah, I'm great. I'm really busy. I would say, you know, I am in demand (laughs) because I love that. Because I would much rather be known as somebody who's in demand versus somebody who's really busy. Yes, absolutely.
1: I love that. I love that. And yeah, it's reframing it for yourself so that you start um, language, right? And you start embodying that. So let's take it a step back because there's a ton of, you know, exercise, you know, there's a, you've got your five power principles. Let's just start with just, I love having, defining like the terms we're sort of working with. What is a, what is a power principle? What is a
0: power principle? Well, that is a great question. And we, we came up with that term because we wanted this to feel kind of systematic, right? So that people could feel like, okay, you know, like there's, there's actually a framework I could follow and and that will make a difference. And so a power principle is, um, you know, these are, sort of these very simple, yet very insightful um, kind of action phrases, if you will, that people can immediately grasp what they mean. And we give people, as we define them, really actionable sort of steps to apply them to their life. So, for example, the first power principle, and we think this is the foundation really of the work that we do, is to declare a bold vision and share it. And the, the words of that are, you know, we always start with a verb, right? Declare. And, yes. and the words are, the word choices of the power principles are very intentional. Yes. And, you know, every power principle gives people these very meaningful insights, right? Like this whole notion of standing in the future and writing a vision, very insightful. And yet we also give them seven specific questions to respond to. And in the answering of those questions, you gain so much focus and clarity on what you'd love your life to look like a year in the future. So I think the key with power principles is them being extremely concise, extremely insightful, and yet actionable and simple to apply.
1: Okay. Well, let's take them through some of the, like, sort of tactical stuff, because there's different sort of categories. There's an exercise um, based on a famous writer, yeah. Uh, so it's th- what is it? I'm going to have to read. Throw so your it? hat over
0: the wall. All right. So what is what is yes. that? Okay. So I will tell you the story of throwing your hat over the wall. So there, it is. It is that slogan. Um, it comes from an Irish writer, and his yes. name is Frank O'Connor. Yeah. And and he told the story from when he was a, a child, and he was you know growing up, and he and his friends after school, they'd go on these long walks through the countryside, wearing their school uniforms, which included a hat. Yeah, and whenever they'd come upon a wall, yeah, um, in in a garden or an orchard, and it was like they couldn't figure out how they were going to get over the wall to, to keep passing, they'd all take their hats off their head and just toss their hats over the wall, so they would have no choice but to try to go figure out how they were going to go get them, right? Because you're yeah. not going to show up at school without their hat, right? Yeah. And so you know, we we look at this as a metaphor um, for people in terms of you know. When you think about goals and things that are like really really inspiring, oftentimes we feel this compelling need to need to know how we're going to do it yes. before we will tell people that we're going to do it. So whether that's like you know running a marathon, or you're going to get a job in a new city, or you're sort of taking on a new health endeavor, and you're going to you know start exercising, lose weight, you know to sort of you know deal with your you know kind of physical well being. We often feel like we have to figure it out first, but then we'll tell people what it is. And this throws that on its head, right? Because yes. this throwing your head over the wall is telling people, I'm going to do this before you know all the steps to making it happen. And it's an entirely new way of thinking about goal setting and, and, and setting out aspirations. It lets people dream a little bigger, mm. you know, and, and think a little bit more broadly about their own lives, not limited to the need to know how. And, and when we, we say to people in, in, um, in our program, uh, we ask people, where in your life have you done this? Because I think if you ask yourself, okay, gosh, where in my life have I done this before? You will find that you have, right? There have been places where you've said, you know what? I did this last year. I said I, said I was gonna buy a new house. I had no idea how I was going to come up with the down payment, but I told someone, and then I figured out how I was going to do it. Or I've nice. never um, done a uh, half marathon before, but I declared I was going to run one. And then I got very disciplined and intentional and resourceful, and I figured it out. And so when people see that they've done it before, they kind of understand how this could potentially apply to things they have not yet done and things that they could then. Write down and put in their bold vision and go after, even if they don't know how.
1: I love it. It's actually making me think of starting the podcast. So I, I had one in two thousand and eight, and when I relaunched, for probably a few months, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch another podcast. I'm gonna launch, launch another podcast. And by saying it, I was sort of committing myself to it without realizing it. And the next thing I know, I set up the first interview, and you know, I was taking the steps. I found the editor. batch recorded 10 of them and I was off to the races and that was almost five years ago. But so I think it's really powerful what you're saying.
0: That's where it begins. And that's an excellent example of throwing your hat over the wall. And I think the other thing that we know from research is that when people write down their aspirations, just by writing it down, they're 42% more likely to make it happen. Yes. But then the next piece is that by telling someone that you're going to do something, you're actually twice as likely to make it happen. And I think part of that is because um, the person that you tell has the potential to help you, to support you, to hold yeah. you accountable. And, and so, you know, for that reason, this notion of throwing your hat over the wall, it always involves telling someone, right? Which, which, um, which really helps us sort of just double down on, on the things that, you know, we really want to make happen. So that's another, you know, when sometimes people say, where do I start? I, I say, start there start there. You yeah. know, where, what would you love to make happen? Where could you throw your hat over the wall? Love and it. and this is an annual exercise. You know, people do this every, every year. Uh, yeah. and they throw their hat over the wall for something new. Um, yeah. Who do you, who do you share that vision with though?
1: How broadly yeah. do you share yeah. it? Cause I feel That's, like, yeah. Cause I think there's that fear of like, Oh, I'm going to look like a failure or I've been, I have a book I've been wanting to write for 10 years. Yeah, I've written a chapter. I've taken the writing course. I've taken steps.
0: So let's, we'll unpack that next, but just like, who do you tell first? Okay. So that's a great question. And we, we recommend when people, when people first write a vision, we always tell them find, we, we always call it a fast forward buddy, right? Okay. Fast fast forward forward, buddy. A buddy. Yeah. Perfect. Accountability. And a fast forward buddy is an accountability partner. And that yes. could be someone in your life that you trust, who is someone who's on, you know, rooting for you in your life and, and start by reading it to them. And that is a good first person to read your vision to. And, you know, we, we always tell people, read it slowly, you know, don't try to disclaim it or qualify it, just read it and, um, and share what at the end, you know, maybe share what felt kind of bold about it, what feels uncomfortable, right? Because it's okay to feel uncomfortable and it's okay to share that. And and ask that person to hold you accountable and be somebody that you actually can check in with on it um, periodically. The next kind of frontier of sharing would be if you work in an organization is sharing it with your manager. And a lot of people say, what? Like, that's crazy. But we would say if there's parts of your vision that you feel like, okay, that's just a little too personal, or I don't feel comfortable sharing that because maybe it's something about wanting to get a different job. Okay. Don't share that part, but share what you can share, share what you can feel comfortable sharing because your manager is somebody who can actually help you particularly on the professional front, but sometimes even on the personal front to make it happen and they can hold you accountable. And I'll give you one example is that um, there was a, um, a woman that, you know, we worked with years ago and she shared that her son was on a soccer team and they, she had been asked to be an assistant coach on the soccer team. And she had previously been saying no to that because their team meeting was always at 4.30. Yeah. So she wasn't able to make it. And when she read her vision to her manager, he said, why did you not, like, why are you not doing this? And she said, well, I can never get to the practice because the team meeting and he moved the team meeting. Like she just never thought to do that before. Yeah. And, um, and so that's just a, you know, small example of how sharing your vision can like start clearing out obstacles and, and get you closer to, to having, you know, your dreams sort of become something that's actually a reality. So, so your manager, and then obviously people in your life that really matter to you. If you're in a, you know, relationship, a significant other, spouse, like that's a really good person to share your vision with as well, because they're probably. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So those are the the key. Those are the key people.
1: Okay. It's not, you know, the person you're meeting, you know, in line at getting coffee. No, I'm joking a little bit, but you want to be selective about it and thinking about who's going to keep you accountable. Who's got maybe their goals. Maybe they have a marathon goal. They want, they've been wanting to do one and you've got you know, you're transitioning to a new career yeah. or something, and you guys can just be that support system. And I know okay. how and,
0: and, and by the is. way, if you are somebody who is a leader in an organization where you know maybe you're not at the very top, but you have people on your team, oftentimes people on your team, they're very, very interested in what your vision is because it affects them. So reading it to your team is another mm. really great idea because you know. All of us say we want to be more strategic. People, you know, we want to be more visionary. We want to be an inspirational leader. And this is that. This is an opportunity to motivate and inspire your team. Having a vision is a very galvanizing tool. Totally. To to get people aligned behind a common purpose.
1: (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm remembering I used to take my team out every holiday season for a lunch. And I'd be like, what are the three things you want to accomplish in the next year? And I think half of them enjoyed doing it and the other half did not. <laughs> but the ones that liked doing it, when we would revisit at the end of, you know, the next year doing it for the following,
0: they had achieved those goals. Yeah. So I forgot about incredible. that, which it's, is
1: very funny. It's I It's re- incredible. It's yes.
0: incredible. And, and actually, one of the things that I've heard from, from people, you know, we've had so many people who have, have done this. And you know, one of the other power principle has to do with creating a plan to make it happen. Yes. Those people who write a vision and, and have a plan, I check in with them often, you know, people, I maybe haven't seen them in six months or a year or sometimes yeah. later. And people always tell me, I wish I had gone bigger. Mm. I, kept, I, kept my, I kept a few things smaller, fearing that I might fail. It might not happen. I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to have egg on my face. And I kind of played maybe a little smaller and I wish I had gone bigger because I accomplished everything I wrote down. I love it. And, some. and that gives many people the courage and the confidence to be able to go a little bigger the next year. So I think for those people who are saying, God, maybe I want to do this exercise. That would be the the coaching is play big. Play Why, big. You know, and if you fail, so what? You'll try again next year. You know, we had, Lisa and I had, that we were going to write a book that was in our vision for years. Okay. For years. Okay. That makes and, me feel um, better. <laughs> yes, for Years. That was in our vision and every year it'd be like, okay, that didn't happen this year. And, um, we would sort of reflect and say, is it still important to us? If it's still important, okay, we're going to put it in again next year. And, and, okay. you know, and, and then here we are and, and now, you know, now it's, it's happened. So I think oftentimes the fear of failure is so profound for so many people. And that is alone the thing that gets in the way of us realizing our ambitions and dreams. You know, we will, there's a scientist named Daniel Kahneman. He's done a Mm -hmm. lot of studies on risk aversion. Mm -hmm. And he has this one thing that he studied, which is that people will do more to avoid failure than they will to achieve an equal gain, right? So what that means is you will do more to avoid losing $100 than you will, to gain a hundred dollars, which is, you know, just so crazy. And that that is part of what it is to be human. hundred percent.
1: And, you know, I think the women who listen to this show have the intention around exploring what they truly desire and wanting to, you know, have a bold vision. Mm. Um, But I think especially women in midlife might have aging parents they're dealing with or loss of a parent kids going off. Maybe they're suddenly becoming empty nesters and like adjusting to all these changes. It's just a unique time. And I have friends, you know, uh, losing their jobs out of the blue, mm-hmm. you know, just not expecting that. So a lot of transition. Yeah. So I think it's important because I think it's giving you a foundation and some grounding when you're thinking about like what could be next. So yeah. with that in mind, yeah, how, how does somebody, how does somebody like play with that? So yeah yeah you know especially when their their lives aren't always their own even though i know you talk about it's the language we say and mm. we have more well, control than we think yes. yeah
0: I, so like there, there's there's two different um there were two questions in there and i'm going to start with the first one which is you know people who are in the middle of their lives who are kind of pulled in a million directions like you you know whether you're you know you have young children or you have older parents that you have to take care of um you know one of the one of the biggest blockers for many people and, and women in particular is time is the, the, the feeling of time constraint and 100%. just feeling like there just aren't enough hours in the day to be able to do what I need to do. And I think, you know, sometimes people are just like running around being busy with a to-do list, just trying to like get it all done and then like pass out at the end of the day. Right. And, um, and then do it all over again. Yeah. And it, it tends to, um, make us sort of in a reactive mode. Like we're sort of in this reactive mode where we're just sort of like, just trying to kind of play whack-a-mole with the different aspects of our life. And I think one of the things that is so essential to uh, writing a vision is that it forces you to slow down and really be thoughtful about what is important. Where do I want to spend my time and energy this year? And by consequence, where do I not? And when you do that, a really interesting thing happens is that you automatically start deprioritizing certain things, certain people, certain obligations that you might have been reactively just saying yes to. You might yes. be a autopilot just doing certain things yes. and then realizing, I don't want to be doing these things. Like, this is not how I want to spend my time. And and having a little more intentionality on how you spend your time, it makes a huge difference. Doesn't mean you're going to be able to control everything. And it doesn't mean you're not going to have fire drills and some days are going to be better than others. But if you keep on having something to keep coming back to a North Star, you will find that you're spending more time doing the things that matter to you. And, and I'm going to give you an example of this um, that is from my own life that might, you know, open some things up for some of the folks listening to this. And um, and that example is that I, I always come into the new year thinking about my vision. I always write my vision at the beginning of the year. And this year I decided that one of the things that I was going to put in my vision was that this was going to be a year where I really wanted to focus on being connected to people in my life. And you know, I think I had looked at the year, I kind of reflected on the previous year and realized I said no to so many people and things sort of deprioritizing them, thinking I'm too busy for, you know, to like meet somebody for coffee or mentor a young person or, you know, help out a family member who might need something. And I just said to myself, you know, I actually, that's what I want to be doing. I want to be out there with people I care about and I realized that because I, I just spent the time thinking about it. Right? I, mm. I want to, that's what's going to make me feel fulfilled and happy. So, what I do is, doesn't mean I spend all my time doing that. I obviously have lots of other things to, to do. I'm running yes. a business, writing yes. a book. Uh, yes. I have a family, I have three children. And, um, but I, every week, I think about how am I going to be more connected this week? What am I going to say yes to? And what am I going to say no to? And, and, you know, I, I feel that I've said yes to so many things I might've not said yes to, and I organized around it just by setting that intention and believing that it was possible. And Mm. so that is just a small example of really changing how you operate around time, Mm. knowing and saying, you know, I have exactly enough time for what I really care about. Doesn't mean you have time for everything but you have time for what's really important to you. So I think like for people who are sort of struggling with the fog of busyness, really taking on a mindset that you do have time for what really matters to you and what are the things that maybe you could deprioritize.
1: Yeah, yep. Okay. And you said, I asked two questions in there.
0: Yes, so the... You you ta- you mentioned people who are in transition. Yes. Um, people who are sort of in a place in their life that, you know, kind of like maybe they've just left a, a career that they were in for a long time. Yeah. It's kind of saying, well, what am I going to do next? How am I going to, you know, how am I going to think about the future? Yeah. And, um, and a lot of times people are, one of the challenges is they think about all the things they don't, all the unknowns, right? I can't write a vision. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't, I don't know what I want, right? I've heard that from so many people. And I always say to people, well, let's, let's look at what you do know, mm. right? So if you answer the question, what do you want to be known for?
1: Mm, I love that, that is
0: a question that people can answer, right? You, you, we all can answer that question. If you ask people to describe the quality of important relationships, and that is yeah. also a question that we ask people, yeah. They can answer that. What what who are the who are the people that matter? And and what what would I love those relationships to look like a year mm. out? And 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 what do I want my outlook to look like? How do I want to you know, if you think about your outlook as like the lens through which you see the world, how do I want that to look? Those are good places to start. You know, even if you don't know everything, Because what winds up happening is that by answering the questions that you do know, it sheds way more light on the unknowns and leads you closer to those answers as well.
1: Mm, This is so good. I mean, I'm thinking about, I did the 10-year vision. I just had so many people just talking about this and I was like, let's play, let's have some fun. And I took the time, like you said, to vision into that. Mm but I would need to kind of revisit that to see if like it's on track. So if we're looking mm-hmm. a year out, you just yeah. talked about checking in weekly. Are we also, you talked about like every 90 days, like, are we kind of doing check-ins yeah. along the way? Yeah. I just think yeah. some sort of structures like, so talk well, about that. Yeah. yeah.
0: That, I think that's a great question that people always say, okay, now I have my vision. Like, how do I use it? Like, you know, a day-to-day tool, because what you don't want to do is write it, you know, stick it in a drawer somewhere and have it totally. close So we, we typically tell people to write it, share it and read it every, I would say at least maybe once a month, okay. you're reading it yes. and you're saying, how am I doing? Am I on track? Where do I need to press harder? Where have I completely fallen off the rails? And then the beauty of doing that is that you can get yourself back on track pretty easily the other thing too, is that you can reassess. Sometimes things change. And um, I, I was working with a group of people once and asking them to go back and read their vision. And some of them hadn't read it and it had been like six months. Hmm. And they went back and read it. And then somebody raised their hand and said, you know, I went back and read this. I realized some of these things I've accomplished. I feel really proud of them. Some of them I haven't. And I, I know I need to reset and, and kind of double down. And, and then there's a few things in here that, I just don't care about them anymore. Mm. And and the beauty is that this is your this yeah. is you know this is a tool for for people to take ownership of their own life and it's okay to change it. And I think that's sometimes that that feeling a lot of times people feel like oh you know I I, I better like I I better know for sure you know this is going to be etched in stone but it's not. I love <laughs> it's it. It's not etched in stone.
1: Yeah and I'm thinking about how you said you start in the new year but somebody in theory could start anytime, right? This don't, Absolutely. don't be locked into thinking, Oh, well, you know, we're whatever we're in. This will come out in September or whatever.
0: Yeah, you know what this, I mean? is anytime. this is yeah. something you can do. You can do anytime. And, and I think, you know, um this is an, a, an incredible tool to use to not only keep yourself on track with specific concrete goals, yeah. but to Really keep course correcting about being the person that you really want to be. Yeah. And um, and also manage the relationship you have with yourself. Right. And a lot of times I, you know, I've had people, this one woman once, and she wrote her vision and, and I said, you know, how do you feel about it? And she said, you know, I read this and I realized I left myself out of my vision. Oh, this is so a, a woman who is, you know, a busy working mother and, <laughs> and she, you know, I had my children in there my husband was in there and I even wrote things about my dog and, and I wasn't in my vision. And I said, that is so funny, but you, know, you got to put yourself in. How do you want to f- treat yourself? How yes. do you want to, you know, uh, take care of yourself and, and feel as a, as a result of that at the end of the year? And, you know, so many of us don't give ourselves the same respect uh, mentally and physically that we do to everyone else in our lives. And, and this is a chance to put some intention around that.
1: 100%. I always think, you know, if you're looking back, let's say at the end of your life, I don't want any of us regretting that we literally just gave to everyone else. So this is so tangible and doable. And I love the focus on sort of, who you want to be in the world, Mm. not just like checking things off. Like, okay, yes, congrats on your book. It's fantastic. I have a book. I hope to have that out in the world, right? I wanted to launch the podcast. It's there, but there's also what you talked about wanting to be connected to the people you love. Like it's so much more profound than just the achievements.
0: Yes. The, The other piece that I think adds another layer of, um, depth and also motivation for people is not only writing the what, but also the why. And that would be if, you know, if what's, let's say something that's really important to you is being more calm, being more present with people. The next, the very next question is why does that matter? And what difference will that make? Mm. What difference will it make for you to be calm and present? Because if you answer that question, First of all, you'll clarify it for yourself. Like, am I just saying this because it seems like a you know check the box good sure. thing to say? Yeah. Why does this matter to me? You know, how will this make a difference in my life? The same thing even for the concrete goals. I would challenge people if you're saying you know oh, I want to go to the gym and I want to get healthy and and you know I want to sleep. What difference will that make? If you're sleeping seven or eight hours a night, what is the impact of that? Yes. I think people find that when they answer that question they're way more inspired to do it. Yes.
1: I was thinking as you were talking, it's way more motivating. Like I was thinking about that book that's been playing in my head for 10 years, but does it get into your calendar? And like, obviously you're writing, you wrote a book with someone else. So you also had to combine their priorities with yours. So that's adds other layers. You're also running a whole business together and all of that. But you know, if my that is important to me. And they say, oh, yeah. if you don't prioritize it, it means it's not important. I actually disagree with that. It is important to me. It's just a matter of fitting it in. So how, yeah. does, how does somebody reframe that or like actually yeah. make the time? What's the yeah. shift no, I'm, that, I'm that glad needs to that happen? You asked
0: that. I'm glad you asked that because I do think that, you know, it's one thing to write a vision. And then the next the, the next thing is, how do, you, how do you create a plan for yourself to make it happen? And, right. and that is another tool that we, you know, spend time on in our book and in our program. Um, we have our second... I think it's our second or third power principle is plan the work and work the plan. And we give people a 90 day action plan approach to start to, you know, unpack these outcomes and make them happen. And what's different about this plan than how people usually think about planning is that we always start with the outcome. We start with the finish, right? It's not, it's not just like, well, what are all the different actions we should take? But it's sort of, okay, if the outcome is, you know, at the end of the year, I will have written a book, um, then you say to yourself, okay, what are three actions or practices that I could start taking now that are going to start getting me in that direction? Doesn't mean you're only going to take three actions, but you're going to do three at a time, right? Mm -hmm. And then you keep updating the dashboard. So, and sometimes people put actions that are not one action, but it's like 20 actions in one we tell people no just one at a time. Yes. So the first thing might be, you know, I am going to um, you know, talk to uh, somebody who's written a book recently. Yeah. We're going to have, you know, three conversations with recent new authors. And that would be an example of an action that you could take that you see that action on your dashboard and you say I could do that. Yes. I have time for that. Yes. And that is where where it begins is is really one foot in front of the other and and having a plan like that makes an enormous difference. Otherwise you're just spinning and, you know, working your usual to-do list and totally. you're totally sort of, you know, lost in the woods. Yes. Um, um, but the plan makes an enormous difference. So that, that's that been really, really helpful for many of the people that we've worked with over, over the years as well.
1: I love it. Any favorite success stories? I mean, you worked with so many major corporations. Do yeah. you have one that like, do you have a we favorite? We have so
0: thing? many. And actually, when we were preparing for this conversation with you and, and some others, we were like, which is what are some of the ones we should tell? But I'll, I'll I'll share one that kind of made it to the short list, and I I love this story, and I love the person that it's about. But we had a woman that we worked with from a big um, finance company, from a big bank, and she you know did did our worked with us did our program, and um, one of the things that she realized in writing her vision was it, this wasn't really what she wanted to do. And mm. as, she, as she thought about what she wanted to do, she saw that what she really wanted to do was really help other women to to ascend and thrive within their organization—a very male-dominated organization. It was a very hard place to climb the ladder as a woman, and she, yes. you know, she didn't even know if this was a real job that she could get. But it was. She wrote about it in her vision and and why it was important to her to, to do this, and it was like. Really compelling to her, even though she didn't know how, um, and even though she did not have the clear path to get there. But what she did do is she read her vision to her manager, her manager who was pretty high up in the organization, who also happens to be a woman—another one of the few senior-level women in this in this company—and and her manager, had, you know, their company being a public company, had put some gender, you know, kind of objectives. There were some things they wanted to be able to accomplish as it related to achieving more gender parity. And so they were going to put some budget against achieving that. And her timing was, you know, fortuitous. And they said, you know, they're actually, we actually do want to create a role um, around this. We do want to have a leader in a role that will be related to helping women thrive and ascend in this organization. And she started a huge movement within the organization got this job um, we actually wound up working with her in that capacity, working with thousands of women across wow. the board at this firm. And we had the privilege of being able to you know, help them feel their confidence and, and success in that organization. And and she has been just lit up. I mean, it's just was uh, it was a life change for her. And it would never have happened if she hadn't thrown her hat over the wall, believed that the future could look different than the past, told someone and then made it happen. This
1: is, I've loved this conversation so much. I feel so inspired and it's also so actionable. I mean, everyone can go out and get the book. Tell us the name of the book so everyone can go get okay, it. So
0: this book is called Fast Forward, Five Power Principles to Create the Life You Want in Just One Year.
1: Love it, and I love the I love the whole concept. I love that it's way more tangible. Have your big picture ten year long term goal, like Dr. Gladys said, and then bring it back, like Wendy and Lisa say, and just like craft it down to that year, and just start getting to know yourself and have some fun. Um, Wendy, anything I didn't cover today that you're like, oh gosh, I really want to leave the women listening with?
0: You know, I would say there's one thing, and some people might be listening to this and saying to themselves like, this sounds really inspirational, but it also sounds really uncomfortable. Mm. And um, what I want to, I want to share one of our mantras. Um, One of our mantras is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's that, that the notion of being uncomfortable becomes so less daunting once you've actually done it. You know, when we practice doing things, just get better at them. Yes. We all do. So if you're saying to yourself, like it feels a little uncomfortable, lean in and, and give it a, give it a shot, buy our book, read it, try it. And get comfortable being uncomfortable. And you will be amazed at the results that you will see for yourself.
1: I love it. And I'm going to ask you just one final question. What does living a good life look like or mean to you?
0: Hmm. Living a good life to me is living a life of intention and being thoughtful about who I want to be in the world, uh, what I want to spend my precious time doing and, um, and contributing. And that is, it's as simple as that.
1: It's beautiful. Yeah. I've loved this conversation so much. All of the show notes for today will be over at thegoodlifecoach.com, a link to Wendy and Lisa's book, their website, their social handles. Where do you like
0: to hang out online? Where do you-, we, you can find us on LinkedIn. Yes. Um, that's our primary platform. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. I love it.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank today. you so much, Michelle. It's been fantastic. Thank it's a pleasure. You.